Welcome to Home Builder Happy Hour. This is Kelly. And Ryan. And we're serving up the latest trends in the home building industry to help you navigate this competitive market. So go ahead and pour yourself a drink, relax, and enjoy the happiest hour of the day with us. Cheers. Cheers. to the Home Builder Happy Hour podcast. I'm Kelly and I'm sitting here with my partner in crime, Ryan. And today we are going to be talking about media trends. So because this is actually a very important topic and it influences like everything we do and many, many decisions we make, we brought in our fabulous media director, Sara. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so before we get started, I just want to say thank you, Sarah, for flying into our office for this very important meeting. Oh, no problem. I mean, she <laughs> might have come for other reasons. Her sister's getting married. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. But no, I always love coming back to California. I always find an excuse to come back, so. Yes, if you didn't know, Sarah lived here, and she's been working with us for how many years now? Almost six years. Yep. Oh my gosh, almost mm-hmm. six years. But then she got engaged and married and moved to Texas. Good old Dallas. <laughs> What's the weather like in Dallas right now? Well, apparently I brought the heat with me. That's what everyone's saying because Dallas has very pleasant weather right now. So it does. Mm-hmm. We're in the 80s and here it's the 90s. So yes. I'm sorry <laughs> in advance. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting here at the end of. September. So those of you in Orange and SoCal know we're having a, a heat wave for a couple of days, but we're getting eighties. They're coming back. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for some cooler weather. Me too. It is so hot outside. Ugh. Okay, so every quarter in you know recent time, we have decided to start looking at what's happening in media and put together trends for our clients and friends in the industry. And I mean, the trends might include things, you know, that have to do with maybe what you should be investing in in your media plan, but also sometimes things we're like seeing with clients, like client trends uh, that we might have noticed over the last quarter, um, because we are looking at them quarterly for the most part. And then we put this fabulous trends report out for anybody to download and check out. We do get some downloads, so that's exciting. Um, but we're just putting together right now, I guess what we would call like our winter trends report. What are we going to call it? Yeah, like our end of fall, winter. I guess the last one was fall, so this will be definitely the one to close out the year with. So winter trends report. Okay. So it's not out yet. So you guys are getting a sneak peek if you hear this before we actually publish the report. <laughs> so wait, the goal is though, we're going to publish a report when this podcast hits. You're going to be able to go download the report from the notes in this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, we can make that happen. Um, but Sara, I'm going to let you just kind of talk us through what you guys are seeing out there. So I think I'll start with um, short form video. This was one of the biggest trends that we've been covering throughout the year. It's something that we've mentioned on in our Q1 report, even in the recent report, as well as it's going to be something that we're going to be talking about in the next report as well. There's just so much that's changing. There's so many new elements that, you know, that we have to tackle within this um, short form video world. So, I mean, 
when you think about it, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't even happening two, three years ago with short form video. So there's a lot of changes. And the biggest change, for example, that you know we saw was with, um, with Instagram Reels. Um, that was the biggest headline because it was essentially TikTok's competitor because TikTok like, you know, blew up all of a sudden in the middle of the pandemic. Everyone was on it. So um, every other company, other, every other social media platform essentially wanted to be able to figure out a way of, you know, competing with TikTok because essentially that was like the number one platform. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. So... Using Instagram, especially for our clients, you know, it was great to see that they did introduce Reels. So Reels was definitely something that we started implementing even with our own clients. Um, And the biggest introduction with Reels that happened in 2022 was with advertising. So they actually didn't have Reel ads last year. This was something new that started recently. And we see a lot of potential and growth with it because you're able to target like a new demographic, something that you weren't able to do before and then obviously utilizing that Facebook Instagram platform that business manager that we use um, we were able to reach out to those people if you weren't able to reach out to them organically so reels was definitely one of the biggest ones and then recently that we actually covered in our last trends report it was with YouTube shorts so this yeah, is tell me more about that because you know I don't know a lot about YouTube shorts but I was um... <clears throat> at brunch on Sunday, looking over some kid's shoulder that was with our group, but I don't really know. And I thought he was on TikTok, and he's about four years old, I'm going to say, just TikToking his way through. I'm like, oh, you watching TikTok? And he just looked at me like, who are you, and why are you looking over my shoulder? And he exited it out, and I saw that it was YouTube shorts. And I was like, is that YouTube shorts? <laughs> he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, and he wouldn't talk to me. That was like the first time I've seen like a very young person just like swiping through the YouTube shorts. Yeah. So tell me more. So YouTube shorts are basically TikTok and Reels. So it's the same exact concept. YouTube wanted to launch their own type of short form video because their biggest, you know, growth, the biggest growth that they've had is with their regular YouTube videos, which are long form. They're over, you know, a few minutes. It could be even movies, for example. YouTube Live was a huge thing that um, also started. But with short form, they weren't able to tackle that and not many users were using that. So it was their way of introducing, you know, um, another form of video content. So it's the same concept as Reels and also TikTok videos. They start at 15 seconds. They go up to a minute long. And again, it's just like little snippets um a way to cover you know basically talk about your long form video as well so the advantage that you have is if you already have long form content on youtube you can basically create shorts for your long form content and link off to your long form content so then you get double or triple amount of views so you're actually being able to stay on the platform itself to gain that growth on the platform and then you also have the ability to send people off to any kind of website that you want so it's a win-win on both fronts and also one other thing with YouTube is um, the view rate is definitely longer than any other social media platform like I said with long-form video people tend to watch videos for a longer duration Um, with you know Facebook Instagram for example it's very very short like your attention span is not even it's probably less than five seconds with YouTube there's a chance that they're gonna view your video probably 80% 
through at least. Mm -hmm. So with shorts, there's an advantage because they're covering a lot more of a spectrum with that. And you're reaching out to a completely different dem demographic because they're partnered with Google, obviously. Google is a huge, has a huge, huge network. So you can even reach out to like millions of users if you want versus like other social media platforms. So, okay, have you seen the YouTube shorts, Ryan? Uh, for sure. And I usually see, just from the different ways I use platforms, I don't use YouTube really on my phone very much. Um, you don't? What do you use it on? Your computer? Computer, yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm usually going through, if I'm on YouTube, it's usually, you know, on the computer and they have the rows of the shorts. So it's like they break up, you know, the long form videos with, you know, oh, here's a section of shorts. Um, but in, you know, talking about that and, and how you're talking about the, the, you know, the reels versus YouTube shorts versus TikToks, um, you know, and this is a media um, discussion, you know, I look at this as the two different ways. So you've got the, you know, the boosted and the paid for content versus the organic. Um, so when you're talking to us right now, are you talking more about, you know, um, the reach and the different things of the paid um, or is it an overall or? It's definitely, I would say overall, because with Google, like in general, the advantage that you have is that keyword search element, which also falls into YouTube. So you're reaching out to, um, again, like a different type of demographic, but it's all like search related. So you utilize your hashtags in your shorts. You can utilize them even in the long form video. So whatever people are searching, you have more of a chance of them getting to click to your short from that search platform. But then there's also that added bonus of being able to target specific people because of these interest categories that Google has. So um, it's definitely both like YouTube, I would say used to be like the largest video platform, you know, right. I feel like before TikTok came. I mean, it so its day, right? yeah, it did. So <laughs> I would, you know, to, I guess, retain that audience, like having and launching shorts is a way to keep that audience engaged. And you also have, um, you can reach the younger demographic, but you also have a chance of being able to reach like that older demographic. And when you talk about the home building industry, we're always trying to target as young, you know, people as we can, but obviously it's tough because it's not a very easy, you know, way you can't really reach out to the younger demographic especially like at least get them to be interested so when you have multiple platforms that you're using and you're able to utilize them further then you can reach out to them and eventually like gain their interest and then throughout the years when they get older there's a chance for them to like you know have that in the back of their head already in the back of their mind and so i guess there's like there's no harm in trying to test different things. And that's like the biggest thing that we have in our media department is we're trying to test, like to see what works and what doesn't work and then kind of just, you know, tweak things as we go. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But touching on the shorts element, hashtag was definitely one of the other, you know, topics that we did cover in our trends report and hashtag is important because you utilize it on so many different platforms. So you utilize it on Google, you utilize it on YouTube. Um, Pinterest is definitely ha very hashtag oriented and Twitter is also becoming even more hashtag oriented. So when you're adding these hashtags, you're reaching out 
to additional people, your impressions have a chance of increasing, your clicks have a chance of increasing. Even the, the newest one that we noticed um, the biggest change with was with LinkedIn. Like I didn't, we didn't know that LinkedIn utilized hashtags and mm-hmm. it actually made a difference. And we noticed and we read a lot of articles about this. Like if you add an average of, you know, three to five hashtags on your post, you have a chance of getting more clicks and more impressions on your content. People are going to be viewing it more and then interacting with it more. And that engagement rate on LinkedIn is significantly higher than other platforms. So if you can get your audience to engage on LinkedIn, like that's a huge like bonus and a huge win for you. So I know for hashtags, you know, one of the uses has always been that if you as a user, you might click on a hashtag that you see in someone's post. I actually do it quite a bit to figure out what that hashtag means. Because, you know, people just come up with their own hashtags or a lot of times the acronyms. I don't know. So I, I got to click to find out. And then you get all the content, right? I also use it a lot on TikTok to do the same thing, to see what other people are doing on a trend or whatever. And I want to see more of that content. But I did hear somebody say, so I want your take on this, is that hashtags are kind of like uh, not as important on Instagram anymore. And I was like, huh, is that so? I mean, is that true? Like, what's your take? I I would actually disagree with that because I feel like with Instagram, I'm always at least, okay, I, I'm 33 years old. I'm in that, you know, middle demographic for Instagram. I'm like the primary candidate. And I utilize hashtags on Instagram like on a daily basis. Like if I'm trying to find something, it's going to be keyword related or it's going to be hashtag related. And especially like, you know, for example, if there's an event happening, people use hashtags to be able to reach out to people. And so if you have like a story, for example, and you are having that hashtag and you're getting people to utilize that hashtag, you have more of a chance of people, you know, being able to publish things. And then you can actually access that later on if it's especially if it's public, um, if it's on the public feed then Mm -hmm. you can find a lot of things. And the way that we utilize hashtag, for example, is we get our clients and encourage them to, you know, tell their, you know, new homeowners, for example, to use this hashtag. So that way they can, you know, post about their new home. And we actually use that content um, in our own social media content. It's a great way to just get people to interact and engage with your content. And the biggest thing for us in we've covered this so many times user generated content is like the biggest thing on social media platforms right now it's because it builds like a personal trust between a user and the brand and with that you're able to utilize you know if you can utilize a hashtag to build that trust then i think that's going to stay for a while and i don't think that's going to go like away anytime soon yeah okay i like it i'm down with hashtags I don't use hashtags that much, but I, you know, a hundred percent, you know, see them from that. We're talking about that branding standpoint, yeah. um, you know, and being able to use them, you know, in those means and trending, uh, trending is the yeah. other one, like, you know, trends and things going on constantly use hashtags and it's the easiest way to jump in, um, you know, and try to take part in, you know, the organic reach going on there, yeah. um, you know, as well as, um, you know, just go and see what's going on. You know, it's that same. I'm trying to remember what was that. You know, there was the water challenge. The oh, the, the ice bucket challenge. Ice bucket challenge. Yeah. You know, and I remember that was really yeah. the 
Uh, and there's been a million, you know, uses, you know, of, yeah. uses of it. Yeah. But the, um, you know, but that was like the first time where, for me, it was really like, oh, there's a trend, and um, like your people are actually getting involved, and the hashtag was, you know, something. So that's where those those trends and those branding, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely see those hashtag uses. I do think it makes it easier for a consumer. Who is look, is seeking for something? Right, like they're exactly. Seeking something out. Because when I use a podcast, a, a hashtag on LinkedIn, which I do a lot of times when I post on LinkedIn, I will pick a few hashtags because I want it to be part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I know LinkedIn will sometimes do that, but um, I guess most importantly, like people will message me about that topic, and so they're seeking. You know, a lot of times it's like sales, this or that on LinkedIn, and that's fine. I can just ignore that. Um, but people who are researching and, and seeking out information, like, they use the hashtags in that way, you know? So, mm-hmm. okay. What's and, next? Yeah, and I think the, the most important topic that, you know, we started covering even at the beginning of the year is, like, the biggest transition that as, you know, um, a marketing agency that we would have to make is because we utilize this basically every day for our clients and that's Google Analytics. So with Google Analytics, they have a huge shift going on in terms of the platform itself. So the way that they report on their analytics um, will change. So they're basically migrating from universal analytics to a new, I guess, I guess you can call it platform. It's going to be called GA4. And it's not like a drastic switch, but it is definitely different in the sense that their reporting and the metrics that they use are going to be like worded a little different. It might be the same stuff, but you know, sessions, for example, will be called set time, sessions by time or like page views will not just be page views, they're going to be called views. So as a user, when you're trying to navigate through this, it might be a little confusing, but that's the advantage that you have of working with agencies is because we set this up for you. So if you have that information already in place, then it's just a matter of, again, setting it up. So for us, um, that transition actually fully will happen in the middle of next year. So they're going to completely get rid of Universal Analytics. So the disadvantage is that that data that you actually had could possibly just you know disappear. But I'm hoping that they transition that into this new platform. And that's something that You know, we went to the social media conference um, in March and we learned a lot about GA4 and what exactly, you know, to expect. And a lot of these speakers themselves were basically just talking about how they're beta testing themselves like on it because there's so many things that they're changing about little things. So, you know, the layout that you'll see today might not be the exact same layout that you'll see in a month. So again, like Google themselves are still transitioning into it. So we fully don't even know what to expect next year when we actually transition into this new platform. So the advantage that we have is is we're trying to get this set up as soon as possible for our clients. So that way, when we make that transition, it's going to be a lot easier for us to understand that data and, you know, make that switch over because it's not fun to make any kind of like drastic switch in a company. But the thing is, it's all part of this media, you know, world. Everything is co- constantly changing. I always notice, like, even on Facebook, for example, they have a whole new way of navigating through your business manager, and now it's, like, synced to your personal account. So, like, 
you have to be able to, you know, make that change and adapt to that change on a day-to-day basis in this type of, you know, Mm -hmm. industry that we're working in. So it's something that, you know, I think it definitely will be more secure, I feel like, for users, especially with whatever they're doing. And I think that it will make sense. But again, I don't really know what to expect with it either because they're still, again, they're beta testing. Every single person at that conference mentioned the word beta testing, beta testing. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean for us? Like, yeah. But I think that, you know, once that transition actually happens, like, we'll be ready for it and we're going to be on top of it and we're going to make it happen. And as for our clients, like they won't even notice a difference. It's just going to be, it's just going to be the wording. And we always have a glossary at the end of any kind of report. So, yeah. And I'm always available to explain things as well. So. And I was going to ask, so for this change, is there like a formulaic set of steps that people have to take to make the change on their web? Like, let's say they don't work with us and we're not like overseeing things. They're DIYing it, you know, doing it themselves. Like, is Google going to send them an email that says, here's the steps you need to take to make these changes? Or will they just like wipe it and make it themselves? So if you're in the actual platform, there's always some type of like pop-up or disclaimer that comes up like, hey, we will be transitioning into this new um, platform. So please make sure that you know you're aware of that change. But essentially the setup of it is like universal analytics. Anything that you set up for your website is ultimately like a property. So you're essentially creating a new property and the title when you go through the steps instead of choosing you know ua for universal analytics you'll be choosing the ga4 so it's um again if you're if you use it already then you'll see and be aware that the change is happening because it's literally in your face Mm -hmm. all the time but for even a new user if they start um that's probably the first thing that they'll see when they go to the analytics page is hey if you're going to set this up then you should ideally set it up as a GA4 versus a UA. I like it. But I like even more that they can just call you, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> and ask. I mean, <laughs> that's, me? yeah. My biggest thing is being able to build, like, a great relationship with our clients. And I love to talk to them because there's a lot of things that, you know, we try to even, in our reporting that we do, we try to make it as easy as possible for our clients to, you know, gather that information. It's, it's a lot. We present them a lot of information. We present them a lot of stats. And it gets overwhelming, like, even for a person. But if you have a visual representation of it, then I think, and having a person, a dedicated person to be able to walk you through it, then you're not missing out and you're basically winning. So we want to win. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay, is that uh, all you have for us on trends? I think those were the main ones. Um, ones. The ones that we're tackling for the winter, there's a whole element on privacy change that even our um, web developer, Joey, he'll be doing like a lunch and learn for us. Um, Maybe we should have him on the podcast yeah. next. That, I mean, that he was people who want to know. Yeah. He was talking to me about it and I was just sitting and listening to him and trying to absorb the amount of information that is covered in this. So that's definitely something that 
we're trying to get a hand of and oh, sorry get a hold of and trying to cover that so Joey is definitely going to be my number one source for that information um, again we're continuing the short form trend because again there's so much video change that's happening and so much has happened um, this year so yeah the change that we have specifically with YouTube that was something um, we covered it a little bit in our last report but there's a whole live element that isn't even covered yet so we're going to be talking a little bit about that um, and then also utilizing short form on TikTok because it's not um, used um, at least something that we don't necessarily use with our clients but we definitely want to be able to talk about it and see what our options are even with TikTok mm -hmm. ads and then yes. um, the last one would be related to mobile optimization so I know Ryan previously mentioned that he doesn't use his mobile phone for YouTube but there's a lot of benefits to using your mobile phone and so to be able to optimize your user experience on your mobile phone um, there's a lot of benefits to it because most of the time 70% of the users are on their mobile phone and they're actually visiting your website through your mobile phone versus like the desktop so right. covering that element as well but there's a lot again there's a lot to cover and we're just trying to chip away at that so you guys will get a great report coming soon I love it <laughs> well thank you so much for uh, letting us get inside your media brain we appreciate all that you do for us <laughs> Oh. Guys, Sarah's way more than a media director over here at Get Community. She's overseeing the big picture of, of trends and changes that are happening in advertising. Um, but if you want to reach out to her, it's very easy because she has a page on her website. And mm -hmm. we have forums all over that website at getcommunity.com. And you can just reach right out to her. And her email is sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at getcommunity.com. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you. We want to hear what you guys are seeing out there, too. So it's two-way street, information highway. We're all over it. Thanks um, for having me. Anytime. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Home Builder Happy Hour. Make sure to follow us on all our social media pages to stay updated on what's happening at Get Community. You can find all of our social media handles in our show notes for this episode. We'll see you next time. And remember to make every hour in life your happiest hour.